Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? I'll tell you what's going on, Nathan. This is dropping on the 27th of February. Yes. That means it's our last podcast of February. That's right. January, February. Woohoo! In, in the bag. Our rear view, baby. In the bag. Not not that March is exactly, uh, you know, club med or anything like that. Yeah. But it's still the month where spring comes. It hits on, what, the 20th, 21st, whatever yeah, something that is. like that, yeah. And then Easter this year is actually, it's, it's the last day of in March. March, yeah. It's the 31st. So what I love is everything you and I, when we are doing our planning, yeah. we talk about in March, is April, May, June, yeah, and it lifts my spirits. It just too. comes into focus. It's funny because from the perspective of a teacher, March is actually the worst month. Is it really? It, it's just you. January, you're coming in off of uh, winter break, Christmas yeah. break. You have you know a lot of things that you're looking forward to activities wise. Sure. You have. Fi- uh, midterm exams. Yep. There's a lot of things going on. February is just such a short month; it yeah. flies so quickly. You get to March, and I've noticed this. It was it was interesting because I think it was two years ago. I had gotten to like March 20th, yeah, and I was like, "Hey, this isn't going to be that bad. I, yeah. I think I'll make it through." And literally the next day, I was like. When is this month going to end? <laughs> this has you spoke been too soon. This is this is ten just more insane. days of hellish misery, or eleven more days. Yeah, it, it so just that section in March, and normally I know what you mean. Normally, uh, for school, you have no days off. There's normally no breaks. unless there's snow. This year is a little different with Easter, but yeah. you're right. March is. Dude, it's true because, well, February this year, we had added torture because we'll have an extra day because of the leap year. Yep. But typically, yeah, February, 28 days, March, just three more. Yeah. So you go from the shortest to the longest, and uh, it's it's tough. And, dude, I think I've I've shared this. There was a guy, used to go to CFC, who left probably because of this story. No, he didn't. Um, I remember Lisa and I years ago, forgive me, listeners if you've heard this i don't think i've told it in a while got into this stupid car game you know where you, you know you're driving and you're you're talking about uh oh let's play the gas station game to pass the time and we for some reason got on okay let's pick the most boring day of the year yeah so we quickly both agreed that it would be of course in march <laughs> to our point march yeah uh, and then we were thinking well what well no it couldn't be the first or the 31st because it's the yeah it's distinct the first day the in like a lion out like a lamb yeah no I don't want to do the twentieth because or twenty first you're right around spring uh, then you take out the fives and the zeros and for some reason we landed on March twelfth <laughs> we said March twelfth most boring day of the year 
So we joked about it, and if we ever talk about something like a movie that was mid, yeah, like oh, it was like March twelfth, you know, it just became our thing. The right, yeah, dude, this is like fifteen or more years ago. We got a couple over. I think you've heard me say this, right? And yeah. we're talking, and I share that story, and the guy goes, "Dude, seriously, did you like Google me or something before?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> it was his birthday, <laughs> so I have a one in three hundred and sixty-five chance. <laughs> Wait, I'm offending the guy, and I did it. I offended him. I don't think he was too offended, but I said, I promise you, I did not know. And I said, yeah, at least didn't we mean March 11th? No, we meant the 12th. Um, He's like, yeah, and that's my wife's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's true, dude. So it does show you you have to be careful. And, dude, wouldn't you know it? Look, how about this, listeners? Uh, second uh, podcast that will drop in March is March 12th. There so we're go. gonna try to redeem. We're March gonna 12th. liven up March twelfth this year. We'll light it up, but that's right. I, I do love heading into the spring, dude, because yeah. uh, and then you get into April and May, and just the weather and and baseball, and then you got a nice stretch, dude. I mean, you got all the way through yeah. the summer into the fall. And uh, for somebody like me, it's good. But I, I I must say, dude, this winter's been I've been busy. You've yeah. been busy, yeah. Um, you know, with uh, obviously church is always busy, yeah. Uh, I teach at Towson, and that's mm-hmm. been busy. Working on my grad program is busy. Yeah. So busyness can help. Yeah. Get yeah. through as you slog through, yeah. and I just tell myself, yes. Yeah. We are coming into a better season. Well, and we've actually we've had a bit of snow this I had some year. Snow. You know, so it's actually it's not yeah. been um, it's not been bad in terms of that how that goes because yep. normally it's just you know these very rainy. Cold, cold days. gray days. I yeah, agree. yeah. This one uh, has been more tolerable. We've had some pretty cold days. Yeah, but often like the day we're we're yeah. uh, recording is sunny. Yep, forties. Uh, yeah, and if we get some snow, we haven't had the big wallop. Yeah, but we've had some, and yep. I'll take it. Yep, absolutely. So again, we are uh, our last podcast in February. Yes. Um, and we are talking politics. This yep. has been a month of politics, and today we're we're going to end talking. Uh, you know, we mentioned this last week. We're going to be talking a little bit about kind of getting stuck within the news cycle of things, yeah. right? The echo chamber, as it were. Um, and and we're also going to talk policies. You yep. know, the, those things in politics. What are what are political policies that uh, interest people? Why do they interest them? And what are moral policies that interest people, and why do they interest them? And yeah. so we're going to spend a bit of time talking about those things. How should we be thinking about those things uh, from a gospel perspective, uh, from a believer's perspective? How do we interact with those who disagree with us? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Greg, uh, take it away. Well, uh, why don't we hit the cable news stuff first? Yeah. I feel like I've been dropping breadcrumbs on that one for a while. Let's do it. So starting off, you know, just to kind of introduce that, uh, you've made mention before, Greg, that, um, you know, you used to be just an avid uh, Fox watcher and listener. Oh, for years, years. And you noticed something in more recent years about your mood and temperament in in that mine is much better because i'm not watching much at all i do watch some yep and i tend to try to watch from both sides 
yeah. which in my house is generally MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, CNN uh, leans more left, uh, but not as much as they used to. At least that's what I've read. Mm-hmm. MSNBC is pretty standard. Like most of the hosts that I've seen, maybe with the exception of uh, the guy in the morning is Joe Scarborough, who uh, was a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's described himself kind of as a Republican or a, a recovering Republican. Boy, yeah. I trying to say that twice and backwards. Um, so he definitely is not a Trump fan, I yeah. can tell. Um, he, I believe, still calls himself a conservative, so he might be the kind of exception. Uh, sort of a guy in politics maybe without a place to hang his hat mm-hmm. is how I view it. But most of the guests I notice on that show are pretty left, and the lineup in the evening, and then Fox is known as right. a, obviously a, a conservative uh, network. Uh, so years ago, yes, I'd say mid two thousands, I was really angry. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm not isolating conservative cable news. I would say the same about progressive mm-hmm. liberal cable news. I've read a lot about it because I experience it and I've talked to people. I think, I personally believe Mm -hmm. that that is the natural outcome of Mm -hmm. watching too much. Yeah. Uh, For several reasons. It, it's, it's what I think of as a, uh, almost like a a very addictive drug Mm -hmm. and it's just continual outrage. Yeah. Can you believe, uh, did you see that? Uh, on top of that, this? On top of that, what? Yeah. It's just this ever escalating, uh, you know, let's show you this story. Let's show you that story. Let. Did you hear what so-and-so said today? Yeah. On both sides, I see this with no outlet. Yeah. Not a healthy outlet. Yeah, yeah. Because in a sense, you watch this, and what's it going to help you do? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 and and if you think about it, well, it's not their job. Yeah, I think their job is to get you watching. Yeah, to get you hooked. Yep, to make sure the advertisers are 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 getting good data. So yeah, I'll pay money to be on this time at on yep. this channel. Um, yeah, I mean that's what makes the world go around. We know, but there is. Um, there was in my own life, I found myself being very agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I'd have to come down from it. Yeah. Almost like, boy, two or three hours. I remember in um, the 08 Obama election, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of news coverage then. And that fall, I remember I was sick. I got either an early flu. I just remember it felt like for three days I was just on the couch. Yeah. And I was watching coverage. 24 7 yeah and i remember i was just in a foul irritable mood yeah <laughs> yeah that's powerful yeah think about it. something you watch on the box right right um uh and it it can really get to you have you ever had that yourself yeah i mean we i think we said this um last week right that that these these news organizations are designed more and more to be entertainment outlets, yeah. right? And and what does good entertainment do? Yep. It gets us to feel things, right. right? You you see a movie 
that has beautiful cinematography, mm-hmm. masterful score, brilliant acting. Yeah. And it transports you. It takes your feelings and emotions to yeah. a level where where these characters that are completely fictional, right, are are tugging on your heartstrings in in a certain way, whether that is you know, into empathy and sadness, whether that is into to rage against injustice, mm-hmm. what you know, whatever it might be. And news outlets are are more and more designed to do that. Yes. They are they are being designed intentionally, written intentionally to play with our emotions. Yes. Um and so uh, yeah, I I have that same sense as well, that same feeling when when sitting down um, and watching. I hardly ever watch anything anymore. Um, I mean, really, anything that comes from like a cable news network, I, I don't anymore. Probably, um, uh, probably for about the past five to six years. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, you, you and I both, brother. I think you were yeah. kind of on similar track. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's because of that because I uh, I remember watching and just getting like you said, just so angry yeah. and upset. Like, why can people not see the problems and issues that the other side is causing? Right. Right. Um, you know, it's right here, plain as day. These people are explaining it. It's black and white. It's crystal clear. Why can you not see this? I know. You know. I know. And then to, we talked about this on the last cast. Dude, it can make you one-dimensionalize your opponent mm-hmm. and get very angry towards them because you're the reason you're ruining this country. Yeah. Right. This can happen on both sides. And... Um, I just read, dude, I found this quote. Uh, it's really, I think, a guy blogging it. But uh, he highlights something, lack of solutions. Cable news programs frequently highlight problems without offering constructive solutions, leaving viewers feeling powerless and frustrated with the political process itself. Mm. Dude, that was me. Yeah. Because you, you, and you never, and in a sense, they don't care. Right. They've done their job. Yeah. Their job. Look, at the end of the day, any you could try to have the most bland, balanced, unbiased news programming you could, but they care about one thing. They want you to watch. Right. That's what they're in business for. Ratings. Ratings. So they want to get you to watch and they know well this works. And it's sometimes I'm like, ooh, this is almost uh Orwellian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The working us stooges at home that just want to tune in and that's why I sort of self-select. I tell myself, well, I'm going to watch. I'll watch a little bit of Fox. I'll watch a little bit of MSNBC. Yeah. Just one, it keeps me informed. Mm-hmm. I kind of know, okay, this is what both sides are saying. Yep. Probably the truth. I think usually is somewhere in the middle. Sure. Because the other thing this guy uh, is blogging on that I, I'm glancing at here as we talk is uh, the selective nature. Yes. We all know it. Yeah. That... Well, if I tell all of it, this could uh, shoot ourselves in the foot. Right. There is some context here. So I've just learned to say, you know, I bet I wouldn't be surprised. This story that I just saw on MSNBC, they're leaving out some 
pretty critical context. Right. The story I saw on Fox, I bet they're leaving out some context because at the end of the day, right. they know what their viewers are tuning in for. Yes. So even then, watching two opposing yeah. networks doesn't mean you're going to get the truth. It helps me be reminded I might not get full access to whatever the truth is. Right. God knows it. Right. Uh, probably the people involved know it. And I'm sort of left at home feeling frustrated. So I've come to the same place now that I'm happier mm-hmm. and less stressed. I have enough stress. Right. Right. You do too, right. dude. Right. We're dealing with health. Yeah. Dealing with family, finances. Yeah. Just job and, yeah. and enough. And then I'm like, so why am I going to invite? Here's why I like movies. Yeah. Movies have a lot of the same stresses. Yes. They also have re- resolution. Yes. Which cable news does not. Yes. I'm fascinated. There's really no resolution on cable news. Right. You might think, oh, when my candidate wins, there is. Well, no, there's not. Right. Because, yes, if your candidate wins, your network of choice is probably gloating. Right. But if you tune into the other network, when do you ever see, man, we we just uh, got to admit they were right, we were wrong. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it's there's spin. Yeah. There's uh, there's questions about the legitimacy. We've seen yeah. that of the results, <clears throat> or there's commentary. Yeah. About uh, you know uh, it, it, you know they they lied about this and they, yeah you never see what you might see in a story or a movie right the bad guy really loses yeah um, and you see it and the good guy wins so. Movies to me are a little less stressful because, or TV, yeah. they do have resolution built yeah. into them because yeah. we crave it. Yes. Cable news, it's kind of a, a tease and a torture that never ends. Well, because it's it, the reality is it's the difference between fiction and real life. Yes. Right? Yeah. We, we write based on what we long for. Yes. Right? And, and, and as believers, we know that one day, all of it will come to a resolution. We've read that story. Right? Yep. But but as we're living and breathing, it's never going to come to a resolution. No. So for all the pounding of the chest of we need to stop world hunger. Right. It's never going to happen. Right. Right? It's never going to happen. For all the pounding of the chest, we need to stop abortion. Right. It's never going to happen. No. Th- that's the reality that we live in. And so... The, the media has capitalized on this. Oh, like yep. we just feed this and keep it going because it's always going to be going. Outrage. I told my students the other day, I said, I, I don't watch the news anymore. And the reality is without watching the news, I can probably tell you exactly what's going on in the world. Right, right. There's been some kind of terrorist attack that's mm-hmm. gone on in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. There's been uh, many deaths and murders down in Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere around the world, a school bus has driven off a cliff and children have died. Somewhere in Wall Street or somewhere there's been um, great capitalistic white-collar right. crimes. Yes. Somebody's been defrauded, robbed. Yes. Right. It's Th- this true. Is, this the, is reality. This is how we live. Because what you're describing is a depiction of fallen humanity. Right. So in a sense, we expect that to continue to play out. That's a good point, Nathan. Yeah. So we put a political lens over it. And yeah. We can deceive ourselves into thinking, let's get the good guys to win. Mm-hmm. And we know the only one who can solve all these problems is Jesus. Yeah. We have the end of that story. Yep. We know it's coming. 
So I think that is true, dude. I, that is why we do crave these problems that are solved uh, until we're at the end. Yeah. We're not going to get it in real life. No. So in the meantime, dude, I'm happier when I'm just turning on Max. Right. And watching, you know, a story or I'm watching uh, Apple TV. Lisa and I have watched Lessons in Chemistry. Have you seen that? I have not. With Brie Larson. It's, uh, it's, it took us a while to grow on us. It's a little slow. Okay. Um, but it's it's quite well done. Okay. It's um, They're exploring themes uh, like chauvinism, uh patriarchy and misogyny in the 1950s she's a super talented chemist who falls in love with another chemist who is respected he's a dude Mm -hmm. um that's all i'll say and 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 um, other things happen but it's um i'm happier watching that yeah i'm happier honestly when lisa and i watch like a a cooking show yeah or a, a a uh because if you think there's problem and solution right resolution on that yeah an extreme uh, makeover show. They show a house. Yeah. Boy, aren't those things satisfying when you get yeah. to the end? You're like, Ooh, look how that came together. Right. Man, that kitchen looks great. That's right. Um, when are we going to start our project? <laughs> yes. And again, to beat the drum, and then we can move on to some policy. And stuff. Yeah. Cable news. We, I'm not saying, oh, it's evil to watch cable news. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. admitting I watch it enough that I can get tidbits here and there. But you go down that, that rabbit hole. Yeah. There's never resolution coming. Right. And I'm telling you, I think it's healthy. And a lot of people argue, I mean, there's stats and stuff. We can we can uh, emphasize that it, uh, it it's very difficult. You know, can stress, anxiety, strain on the heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, blood pressure. It's, it's, dude, I just, it's, it, I will ask people in certain settings, yeah. do you watch a lot of cable news? Mm-hmm. And they say, yes. Even if we're not talking about politics, I'll say, may I suggest yeah. pull back from that a little bit, dude. If you're yeah. looking to get a little peace of mind, that's not helping. Right. Right. And you're not in sin. Right. Oh, I need to be an informed voter. I'd go to your point. Right. I can pretty much tell you, if right. you take a little hiatus, people are getting killed. Right. People are getting ripped off. Right. Crime and injustice is happening. Right. So that'll be there when you go back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I should. I feel terrible saying it, but it's the truth. Yeah. We know it. And yeah. the problems are always going to be here. We know who holds the keys, who has the solution. Yeah. So uh, you'd be better to read Revelation 21 and 22. Yeah. The new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. Read that a little bit. Yeah. That's what's coming. Absolutely. You know, and, and do some good for your heart. And I forget, I forget who said it, but somebody made mention of this when one of the um, catastrophes happened. It was, it was just a random post that I saw on Facebook or Twitter. And, and they made an interesting observation. And it was the idea that you notice how Scripture really doesn't call us to worry about what's going on news-wise, the other end of the earth, right? Yes. We're to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Right. But I'm not necessarily to be preoccupied with what's going on over there because there are enough problems here absolutely that i have enough that i need to focus on and worry about and so really all that media has done has basically opened up my my mind and my my senses to a whole host of issues that I really can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. If you want a resolution, 
and you want to see change and you want to see problems being solved, get involved locally. I agree. Right? I agree. There's there's enough going on locally. Um, you know, there you know, Joy and I, we live in Perry Hall, Nottingham area. Mm-hmm. You know, there are enough issues with things that are going on there that I can speak up and I can get a voice in and I can be heard in that I can find some satisfaction and resolution yep. with that. And so so do that, yep. right? Get involved with your local, you know, adoption um, centers. Get yep. involved with your local schools. Get involved with those things. And whatever is going on in Washington is going to go on in Washington. Yeah. You know, this is where the change can be made is here at home. 100%, dude. And if anything, man, if you can... Find a project with a person who disagrees with you politically, yes. but work on that positive project together. Yeah. That's the real win. Yes. Because all of a sudden, man, this person, I bet if we debated this issue that we'd be going at it all day. Yeah. But we're getting something done together. Yes. Again, it's resolution. Yes. It's constructive. It's helpful. So, yeah, I uh, actually just us talking about this dude will stay with me because – I know when we get closer to November, I'll yeah. be checking more, and I will. But I just want to be very sensitive to, okay, I don't need the outrage machine. Yeah, I know who's in charge, and I know, to quote Tony Evans, we do not put our hope on the backs of elephants and donkeys. Yes. We already know who we put our hope on. So I don't need – I can make a choice yeah. to not get right in that rage machine yep. and get in my echo chamber and, did you know that they this and he that and she that – and just uh, keep my eyes forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, good. Good reminder. So when it's uh, October, November, don't let me do it. That's right. <laughs> well, it in kind of segueing because I think a lot of the issues that we see dovetail into this, right? I we agree. we say we want to be informed, and I, and I don't think that's um, I don't think that's a lie. I think I think as you know, people are genuine in the fact that we want to be informed about issues. Yeah. We want to be informed about the issues that are going on. And so I want to start with some of the political things yeah. that that we would see and and then kind of move into what we would consider, you know, the moral issues. Yeah. Um and, and so one of one of the big ones that we see is um climate change, global warming, um care for the environment lump kind of that whole category together, right? Mm-hmm. This is something that we wouldn't necessarily say is a moral issue, mm-hmm. although I think I think in in regard to things that it is a moral issue, I think it's a less moral issue than say, you know, um, the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a moral issue to consider um, the world that we live in and how to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that seems to be a a big topic for a lot of people and you have two views of it right yeah. you have conservatives which largely are voicing global warming isn't an issue it's not a thing we don't need to be worried about it and then you have um you know liberals who are saying no this is an issue you know we're and and let's go to the extremes on both right mm-hmm. just ignore it it's not a problem right uh, we're going to die tomorrow, yeah. right? And that's the other side of it. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, dude, this is the reason, I'd say, first of all, why we can have different parties. Even, I mean, look, as I understand it, I don't even know if it still exists, but at one point there was the Green Party. Right. 
because the Democrat Party, according to many Green adherents, was not green enough. Yeah. So we need a party that prioritizes it, et cetera, and doesn't pay lip service to us. Sometimes they'll, I don't know if it still exists, there was at one point the Constitutional Party yeah. because the Republican Party wasn't constitutional enough. Right. Right. So I would say that wherever a person lands on these issues, there are groups that you can identify with and all the past podcasts I'd bring in to caveat everything to death and say, yeah. just make sure it doesn't become your be all and end all. So that, that's my general thought on it. On climate change, dude, here's my pea brain. Mm -hmm. uh, science, as you well know, dude, math and science for me. Yeah. As I always say, there's three kinds of people when it comes to math, those who understand it, and those who don't. So let everybody ponder that for a little bit. That corny, terrible joke I tell all the time. That's all right. Um, uh, yeah, when I was watching Fox years ago, if you had asked me, just because people said it, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as climate change mm -hmm. or global warming. I suspect that's not true. Yeah. Uh, not entirely true. Yeah. I suspect that maybe on the other side of things that the, the doom and gloom mm -hmm. of, man, we are moments away from going into oblivion. I have to balance that with scripture mm -hmm. and say, I don't see that. I think the story has been written. Yep. So I just look at it basically and think, okay, what's kind of a centrist view? I mean, I see back in Genesis, mm -hmm. the mandate to care for and till the ground, care for the earth. Mm -hmm. I do think we're stewards of the earth. I think mm -hmm. if we discover that doing certain things with certain technologies mm -hmm. are damaging the earth, making air dirty, water undrinkable, mm -hmm. unusable, that's a problem. Yeah. And so to me, when for the person that doesn't want to be political could look at it from a stewardship point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm stretching to scratch this unreachable itch and hopefully not uh, covering up my microphone. I, if you could see what Nathan saw, he said, boy, that was an interesting uh, contortion I did. Still not the worst thing I've seen yeah, on this podcast. That's the truth, dude. Not even in the, in the bottom ten. Right. That's what's scary. Um, so mm. I, I would say on that issue, Nathan, I... Again, I'm always looking for the common ground, right? right? So I'm thinking, what's something we could agree on that's common yeah. sense? And maybe you want this person to say more, you want this person to say more. Yeah. I think the biblical category of stewardship and stewarding this earth as a resource yeah. should lead us to some common sense, yeah. reasonable conclusions. Yeah. Like, I have no issue with recycling. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sure. Uh does recycling work uh, the way everybody promises? I don't know. Yeah. But I'll make the effort to put it in the blue trash can right. and the blue bag uh, because, yeah, I understand. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes the uh, the straw thing is tough when I'm, I, I have to uh, drink my, uh, my soda at the restaurant right. within five seconds before the paper straw disintegrates. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And my son will tell me about the the sea turtles and all this stuff. So I I don't I don't know, dude. I'm yeah. I'm far from an expert on yeah. it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I tell my students, it's like, look, the effects of global warming are scientifically real. What to ex to the extent are we experiencing those particular effects? Yes. And and we have those conversations, right? Like. Should we be 
conscientious about what we put into the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like that, that's to me, that's a no brainer. Like, you know, we, we want to be careful about how many chemicals we are putting out into our atmosphere. Right. Um, you know, to what extent are we responsible versus other countries Mm -hmm. in order to make sure that happens? Well, okay, let's, let's talk about that. Like, you know, do, do we have an obligation as the United States to make sure that we are providing safety and jobs for our people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so because we want to make sure that's happening, we might put a little bit more in the atmosphere than we're comfortable with. Well, well, maybe, but, you know, is there a way to reduce that, right? So these are the questions that I think we should be asking, I right? And, and we should be looking into to what extent does uh, solar energy and wind energy and all of those things mm-hmm contribute to the conservation of our resources um well let's talk about that right let's let's dig in and do some serious study and and look at this and say you know uh is it worth it right you know some of it dude uh, to not be apocalyptic about it and and i can give a real-time example of this when my daughter samantha was at Washington and Lee, where she went to college, and mm-hmm. I think it was her second year there. They had a, and I, I don't know who it was. It was a woman who was a prominent kind of. Washington and Lee had a lot of good connections. They brought in George Tenet, former head of the CIA, yep. to talk about uh, espionage and yep. and uh, problems domestic and foreign. And um, they had a climate change expert come in, and so Samantha got to ask her a question. And uh, just said, out of curiosity, will our uh, efforts to live greener lives, et cetera, produce much if China and India don't play ball? Mm-hmm. This is a very progressive woman, apparently, very, you know, uh, this is kind of her her calling card, you yeah. know, the, the, the climate change thing. And she said to Samantha, who asked that question, um, that's a really good point. And uh, if China and India in particular do not get along, her suggestions seem to be it's not doing much Yeah, uh, when you think of uh, this issue. So to me, here's what I take on. Yeah. Woo, okay, Lord, I, I can't do much yeah. about that. Yeah. What can I do as an individual yes. to balance stewardship? Yeah. So yes, no, I don't think Christians should walk down the street and just all oh, these these stupid liberals who cares right. toss their uh, their wrapper right. uh, on the street. One, it's it's discourteous. Right. Two, I do think that's not an environmentally yeah. sound practice. Who wants to walk out and be have trash right. blowing up and down the street? Yeah. Um, well, and there is something to say about that kind of conservation, right? Because like, look at. Look at Maryland, and and this frustrates to me to no end. Right, the whole um, emissions testing things that we do and yeah. all of that stuff that that frustrates me to no end. And I've been out to California, and I see the smog yeah. that's out in California oh, yeah. around the LA area, around the San Diego area. Yeah, it is thick. You yeah. would think you were in Maryland on one of those hot, hazy yeah, days, right. right? Like that's just the smog there all the time. So when I when I look at those two things and I'm like, okay, this frustrates me to no end, but clearly we're doing something that I can look up on a winter night and I can see clearly the night sky. Right, right. 
I'm breathing cleaner air. Yeah. Okay. That again, yes, it annoys me. It frustrates me, but the effects are working. Yeah. You know, it, it is a difference and yeah. you see that difference clearly. And so I would say, you know, that's probably something that we should take seriously. If we oh, can yeah. do something to reduce that by checking the emissions on vehicles and making sure they're not over polluting and, yeah. and, and there are as few of those going on as possible, then, yeah. okay, let's take a look at that. Absolutely, dude. And uh, did you ever see Aaron Brockovich? Yes. I remember uh, yeah. it's based on a true story. Yep. And what was that chemicals leaking into the water yes. that was making everybody yep. sick? I mean, that's one of those examples where, you, we, I, I, look, I can definitely see yeah. how unchecked corporate greed yes. can run amok and hurt people, right? Yeah. I, I think most reasonable thinking people, regardless of political yes. ideology, can say, yeah, that, of course that could happen. Yeah. You know, the pursuit of profits and... I have a few families in this impoverished area. It's not a, you know, just a, just a little, you know, just a stat. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love that movie, dude. That was oh, that was a good movie. movie. Yeah. Joy, that was Joey Roberts kind of in her acting prime. Yeah. Right? I think it was around 2000. I was going to say, that, yeah. It's, it's 20, 25 yeah. years old now, but it was, um, I listened to all these screenwriter podcasts lately. Yep. And quick aside there, I believe the woman, who wrote that screenplay, her name escapes me, at the time she wrote it was not really a somebody. Okay. And, dude, she gets this, you know, she sells the screenplay. Yep. Which is a miracle. And then she's told sometime later, Julia Roberts is going to play this stuff. <laughs> and at the time she said, and the screenwriter was pregnant. She was invited to show up on the set in their initial kind of principal photography shoot. And she was so sick with morning sickness that she meets Julia Roberts. And in the course of a 20-minute meeting, has to leave four or five times to throw Throw up. And she said Julia Roberts was a class act. Nice. She never shamed her for it. She stayed in the whole time. But can you imagine (laughs) anything more awful? You're some kind of nobody. You show up to meet Julia Roberts playing this this part. Oh, my goodness. If there is such a thing as Murphy's Law, that's right. It. But back to the, the story there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, – we, we see this. That's an environmental movie. Yeah. I don't I don't remember it having some big agenda. It was just a, yeah. a, a story of how people can become commodities. Right. And profits can become bigger. So in general, dude, I'm – I think some amount of regulation is appropriate. My father-in-law, Lisa's father, Mm -hmm. who passed many years ago now, was a diehard conservative guy Mm -hmm. um, and had very strong feelings. He would make them known. But interestingly interestingly enough, he was an engineer. He worked for BGE. Yep. And at the Wagner Power Plant where he worked, Steve, it's interesting, was for all his conservative talking points, the climate change wasn't as strong. Yeah. And I think it's because he had experience yeah. and thought it is a little nuanced. Yeah. Uh, I do see some things that we can do that can be harmful to the environment. Yeah. So I just think we should have thoughtful, yeah. reasonable conversations. And here's what I would say. If somebody is telling me something like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to destroy the planet and send it to oblivion, that's usually, usually not going to be helpful because 
I would say, well, listen, I have to balance that right. with the belief that God is bringing in a perfect earth, right. new heavens, new earth. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're going to wink out of existence because right. the scriptures don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a science guy. I'm not, uh, somebody can outduel me easily right. in a debate, but I can't hold on to some basics. Yeah. So, yeah, no, and I think I, I think that's important to keep in mind, right? That there is, we again as as Christians, we look at okay, what what do we see scriptures telling us, um, and how do we weigh that against you know these other things, you know? And, and again, uh, talking ethics with my students um, last semester, you know, I said, well, you know, what if uh, you know this dam that's going to be built is going to save, you know, these people from, from certain death, you know, so we're going to construct a dam. So that way you don't have as much runoff going on as possible. You don't have all of the destruction and flooding. And are there going to be some environmental impacts? Are we going to be chasing away wildlife and things like that? Right. Yeah. And, and you look at those things and you say, okay, what is, what is the benefit here? Well, yeah. the benefit is the human life is far more important than these creatures. Yeah. So, you know, thinking through all of, of these course. things yeah. through the lens of Scripture and what Scripture says, yeah, right? It's the, the Jesus and the pigs yeah. passage, right? That yeah. God is not for cruelty to animals. Right. There is an elevation. Yes. Uh, animals were not conferred upon with the image of God. Yes. That was man. Yep. And we, we should order our thinking accordingly. Yes. Yeah. Without being cavalier and abusive and dismissive. Yeah. We are uh, quickly going to be running out of time here. Oh, so, dude. so obviously let's go ahead and, you know, that was just one yeah. issue that we might consider political. We could talk uh, taxes, right? We could yep. talk schooling and education. We could talk uh, healthcare. Gun control. S- gun control. Yeah. So many different things. Let's go ahead and speak to um, you know the the moral issue, yeah. uh, which this is probably I would say this is probably number one. Although I think the second issue that we could talk about um, in terms of sexuality, gender, all those things, I think that's quickly gaining on the sanctity of life. Right. But I think the sanctity of life is still probably the number one issue that it's people a hot would issue bring still, up. Always, I mean, obviously, uh, when the Supreme Court made their de- rendered their decision last summer, mm-hmm. that is talked about a lot. Yeah, because it's still an issue in campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Democratic campaigns, etc. So, I'm glad you framed it as a moral issue. Yeah. Because I, that's one of those issues that's say, yes, there's a political manifestation of that moral issue. Yes. But ultimately, I don't view the sanctity of life as a political issue. Yeah. When people ask me, oh, so you, you got to be a, a diehard Republican. I say, listen, my stance on the sanctity of life has nothing to do with politics. Yes. It's not, oh, well, I'm a card-carrying member of this party. Right. So I've got to help. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, the scriptures would speak to this issue, mm-hmm. um, and we go to whether you go to you know uh, Psalm one thirty nine, uh, Psalm fifty one, um, whether you go to Jeremiah one, right? You know, uh, there there's so many passages that speak of the purpose of life 
in conception before conception. Yes. Sinfulness, according to David, being tied to conception, yeah. which is fascinating to me because there's no more, to me, there's no more greater sign of life theologically than sinfulness. Yeah. You know, this, uh, this cord I'm holding here on the table right. is not sinful. Yeah. It's a, an inanimate object. It is, it is neutral, but a human being. Yeah is sinful, and it's interesting that David, surely I was conceived yes. in sin. Um, so to me, that issue on why life matters, yeah, uh, you could be a Democrat yep. that might break with your, your party's platform. Yeah. And for a long time, I don't know if that's as common, but I know from what I've read in the 80s, mm-hmm. there were the pro-life Democrats. Yes. You heard about them yep. a lot, or often... Catholic Democrats who were yep. often pro-life uh, Democrats. So to me, I always say this does not have to be something enshrined in your party's platform. Yes. You might be the exception mm-hmm. in your party. You might align with a party that holds it. Um, but yeah, I, I think this issue mm-hmm. of the sanctity of life is just not really hidden from us in yeah. Scripture. Um, so therefore, it's precious it's to be, uh, these lives should be cherished. Um, I To reference some previous podcasts, Nathan, I, I, I think the political solutions to the issue, mm-hmm. more often than not, are just mechanisms, yeah. not necessarily solutions. Yeah. The sol- truest solution to the issue, we both know, is to touch the heart of a person yeah. who does not think that... Uh, life in the womb is life. Right. And lovingly, gently, hopefully persuade that person, oh, it is. Yeah. And, you know, there's a thousand ways you, you can go, but I, I think that's where the real work yeah. of addressing the sanctity of life is. Yeah. One, you know, and, and Matt and I talk about this all the time. One of the reasons I don't like when this gets politicized mm-hmm. is because it becomes, and this is a, a, probably a somewhat fair criticism of pro-life Christians. Mm-hmm. Often there's a, yeah, there's a womb only. What about from the womb to the tomb? Mm-hmm. Like, are you truly pro-life if you're not advocating for children mm-hmm. to get the best possible health uh, care, mm-hmm. the best possible um, education available, etc.? That's often a Democrat talking point mm-hmm. that I've, have Republican friends, oh, that's just some argument. I think it's it should be listened to. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I think Christians right. should be associated with human flourishing. Yeah. But that certainly starts at, yes. at conception. Yeah. That's where it begins. Right. So you have to be for right. life in the womb yes. to be for life beyond. It. Yes. So I would definitely say that, yes, we need to be pro-life in the womb Right. And maybe conservative Christians in America. Yeah. And I, I see some good signs of this could give more thought to yeah. how do I also show right. when there are, these kids are one, two, five, yes. ten, so that, okay, yeah, we solved the problem. We, we've limited the number of abortions. But what about the reason some women, right. who I think are misguided, would choose to have abortions? Right. What are we doing to address those concerns? Are right. we known as caring right. for people from womb to tomb. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. I think it's important, you know, and I think this this is where 
um, conservatives should educate themselves better on this because what's interesting is that there are so many organizations out there that that would say, yes, we are concerned about that, which is why we're going to continue to give support. Right. right? Oh, yeah. You know, we're going to continue to help you. Um, we're going to continue to work with you as, you know, your child grows and develops. I told you, dude, I think on the first podcast, that was my mother-in-law's experience at Birthright. Yeah. It's a Catholic organization. It's called something different now, and I haven't looked it up. Uh, somebody else can, but um, several of those ladies that my mother-in-law worked with they were some of the happiest, sweetest years of her life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could cry thinking about it, dude. She would, she would come back so excited about uh, what she really loved was the baby showers. I remember yeah. Lisa and I helped with one that you'd throw. Some of these girls were like 16, 17, yeah. having kids. And, uh, you know, often you get the support of a parent or a grandparent. Yeah. And you try to build a community around. Because, look, 16-year-old girl having a baby yeah. is going to need a lot of help. Yeah. And that should matter. And, uh, you know, so these, these lavish baby showers that you just wanted to, to bless, it, it was a very exciting part. And I'll tell you, it didn't have the, uh, the anger that, again, to go back to the cable news cycle, yeah, yeah. you're doing something with people you might not even agree with right. on who you'd vote for, but you're agreeing with let's prioritize a life yes. that this little girl carries within her. But you're right, dude, what I loved about it, and wow, while they would share openly yeah we have resources that can help you if the girl made the wrong decision yep and aborted her child they still were committed to supporting that girl with needs yeah education supplies etc and to me what what a christ-like yeah. posture yeah right who yep. doesn't well uh you didn't check that box i'm done with you get yeah. away from me yeah just uh so i think um and i recognize dude like uh that's why that first podcast and i'll say it now i was nervous as you know dude i was like oh man i just admitted that i didn't vote for either candidate right dutch you're soft on this i just think yes you can express your sanctity of life convictions yes this you could conclude as i'm kind of leaning to do that well there's a lot more to that than a vote, which may not actually produce anything practical right. or measurable. Right. And part of it, dude, we didn't talk much about this this month, and that's fine. We live in Maryland. Yeah. We know Maryland's a blue state. Yeah. It's democratic. So I've never gotten too. Uh, I just feel like in, we're not a swing. We're not one of the eight or ten swing states. Yeah. Uh, which are what typically what Ohio, Pennsylvania, I mm-hmm. guess Florida. Yeah. Although I feel like Florida's more red now. I don't know. Yeah, um, but but you know we're we're a true blue state. Yeah, we oh, kind of yeah. know. Hey, the presidential candidate's always going to be whoever the Democrat is, right? Regardless of who you vote for. Yeah, and so I'm I'm kind of a pragmatist, right, on that front anyway. So I just think, what could I do as an individual yeah. person um, to express more support and show how that matters in my life? Well, it's it's like we've been saying, right? Get involved locally with something, yeah. right? You know, I. I do not rely on Washington to fix problems. Yeah. I'm, I'm wait, sorry. Like, what you mean they don't? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. And, yeah. and the reality is it doesn't, you know, Washington voted and, you know, the Supreme court, you know, voted to introduce abortion and, right. and carry it for, you know, what was it? Over 40 years. Right. 
And then they decided to, you know, start, then they decided to give it back to the states, the states. And, and have states decide. Yeah. And depending on who the Supreme Court is in 10 years, they might make again. another decision. Like Dude, that. And isn't the war the, the human heart? Yeah. That's where the real battle is. Because ultimately, I don't know how much of a victory it is if a person's heart yes. is not receptive, malleable, soft yeah. on this issue, whatever the law is. And we both know in yeah. our culture, as divided as it is, there's always going to be a place where you could find somebody to provide an abortion. Yep. Um, that's what I believe. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, again, I'm not saying the vote doesn't matter, the sure. external doesn't matter, but as believers, right. the one-on-one right. hard work of just loving, caring, persuading yeah. is where it's at, Yeah, I think. And I yeah. think most people would agree with that, yeah. even if they do also approach a political sure. posture. Yeah, and and I think that's important to to keep in mind, right? Is that, but but again, like I, you know, I want to speak to you know the person who's looking at a brother or sister in Christ, a a brother or sister in Christ who who would vote for a Democrat who is not pro life, um, and and give some charity, give some flexibility yep. to say, you know, um. The, the 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 sanctity of life I don't think there's any getting around that as brothers and sisters in Christ and if yeah. you're trying to get around it we need to have a conversation yep um th- this goes into a red light issue because scripture is so clear on this yeah um but if if you're voting this way because uh the the Democrat candidate is you're looking at it from a perspective well these issues that that they're holding, these social issues mm-hmm. like healthcare, I think it's very important that people get access to healthcare, yeah. and and that's where the Democrat Party's going. And so, I'm I'm going to focus my attention because it seems like that's where momentum is going, and it seems like we can do some damage in that yeah. section. That's what I'm going to do. And in my private life, I'm going to make sure that I'm speaking to women volunteering at, at yeah. agencies that are helping them to understand. Yeah, the way you raise your, your children, influence yeah. those that are close to you and friends as you talk about these things. There's a host of ways to do it. Uh, uh, dude, I think what you just said is interesting. I, I don't get bent out of shape on the political affiliation because I trust individual Christians are thinking right. people and as long as you are thinking, yeah. how does the gospel inform yeah. what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do? I think that's the key issue. And yes, dude, there's no perfect party. Right. And I, there just isn't. Right. You're going to tell me if Jesus was saying, well, I'm going to register as this, I'm going yeah. to register as that. Dude, he is beyond categorization. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, Matt always quotes uh, Scott Saul's book on on politics, that uh, if you really are serious about following Jesus, there's probably probably times you're going to look too progressive for Democrats and too conservative for Republicans. Yeah, because you're just following him. Yeah, and he's just he defies categorization. Yeah, and we can't just put him in a box and say, "Oh, Jesus, this, Jesus, that." Yeah. Um. So I think that that's a probably a good way to end. I like, agree. Just, yeah. Uh, how about that? Let's follow him. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Make that our focus. Yeah. No, that's that's great. And I agree 100%. That's, that's where we're going to leave it. So we have, Greg, we did it. 
We, we made did it through it. February. February, dude. And I'm so glad, Nathan, you had it. Said, Let's talk about this in February. Yeah. So you know what we'll do in uh, September, October, November? We'll say, hey, refer back to our February That's episodes. Right. Refer back to it. Our- That's right. Before anybody was all bent out of shape and uh, That's right. you know, gold shoes were flying off the shelves. And we're going to talk about the new movies that are coming out. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, dude, we need to pray that... Uh, that John Oliver, a new comedian, offers either of us a million dollars a year for the rest of <laughs> That's our lives right. to leave the podcast. I know, right? Uh, well, I'll say it not, dude. You might be looking for a new partner. Hey, but I, I don't think he's going to offer that to me. No, I. Hey, I. I. I'd sell out in a heartbeat. <laughs> I got. I got bills to pay, people. Bills. I got them. Hey, love so, it, dude. All right. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.